We just want to continue on with our um, series on the statement of faith this morning. So the topic today is spiritual gifts. I think we can see that there. Yes, thank you. And um, we'll, we'll make sure the, uh, the remote here is working too. I'm sure that is going to be all systems go. But we're, we're focused on the spiritual gifts uh, uh, this morning. And um, uh, I, I don't have an exhaustive, um, um, I guess, work on this. Um, but um, I'm just going to take the statement of faith as it is, break it down, and we're going to discuss it a little bit here and, uh, and look at it. Um, the topic of spiritual gifts um, has, um, I guess, been sort of a, a thorn in my side for, for most of my Christian life, to be honest with you, because um, yeah, as a young person, being a Christian very young, as you grow up, um, you know, for example, if you could put two words together, you're put on the pulpit. Uh, does that necessarily mean that it's a gift? <laughs> so, uh, and then the whole thing about the amalgamation of natural talents, acquired skills, spiritual gifts. I mean, where does this all go? I mean, what's the balance? I mean, just because I can really do a good presentation at work, does it mean I can do one at, in the church? And is it a spiritual gift? So I am not going to be exhausting this topic, so uh, you will not get maybe any revelatory uh, revelations here today, but uh, it might just help us to deal with some of these things. And in, very recently, um, I've, I've discovered some, some things that may have helped me out to kind of navigate through all these things. But if you're a Christian here this morning, you have some years behind you, you may have dealt with this as well. Um, how hard do you keep bashing a gift before it's maybe not your own? <laughs> All this stuff, you know, how much do you struggle with one? You know, and, and so these things are very real as we come together in, in the group of the church. And uh, there's some plain teachings on this. I and mean, we all have gifts as Christians. That's very plain uh, what they are. Uh, you know, there's lists in the Bible that kind of name some, but I don't think it's exhaustive. But we're going to look at some of these things here and hopefully some of these things here will help us. And, you know, if, if I died of a heart attack in 30 seconds from now, maybe, maybe I could say this, is that we all have spiritual gifts. We all have to do our share in the body of Christ. There's no age limit. There's no age uh, entry point. There's no age limit as to when these cease. And, uh, you know, you might not know what yours is right now. You have one, but you might not know. This is going to take a development. And so God is always a God of movement. Um, we're sitting here today, but you got you got five liters of blood coursing through your system like crazy, and so you know it's all God is a God of movement, and uh, in the church, no matter where it is, if it's pastor led or if it's this type of congregation here, this way we do things here, no matter where you are as a Christian, you have an ability that God will give you, and uh, you're to use it for His glory and for the benefit of everyone else. That's it, and so uh, I could probably step off right now and go home and be at Swiss Chalet on time. But um, I won't do that. Uh, we're going to take what we have here in front of us today. So spiritual gifts. So here's a statement of faith here. The Holy Spirit has blessed the church with specific abilities that are expressed as gifts to and through believers. In his wisdom and sovereignty, God designed certain gifts for the foundational period of the church while the majority are available for exercise today. And so the first uh, thing I'd like to talk about is the specific abilities. And uh, if you're here today and you, you're not a Christian, um, things like we, we pass around words among the Christian society that would be very confusing. 
And um, we use the word gift slots. I mean, you know, someone was, was not, you know, part of this sort of culture, if you will, sorry for, for lack of a better word at this point, they wouldn't know that gifts mean something given at Christmas, you know, or something I buy at Cabela's for you as a redneck, and then you say, here's my gift to you. But, you know, God has, has given gifts or special abilities, really. That's all it is. Special abilities that you may have, and then they're termed as gifts. So I like the wording here in our statement of faith, special abilities. <clears throat> also, we want to look at God's wisdom and his sovereignty in the area of gifts. We often will speak of God's sovereignty in terms of like his sovereignty, like the providence of God in the orchestration of how life happens and how the world goes. He is sovereign over the whole thing. Well, we got to bring that sovereignty into the Christian church and among believers because his sovereignty is there as well. And uh, the Holy Spirit has given gifts to the Christians as he willed. And so if we're going to do God's sovereignty, it doesn't apply to everything. After all, it's sovereignty, right? It, it blankets everything that we do. So I like the wording here as well. In his wisdom and sovereignty, God has designed certain gifts. So we're going to look at that. Then we're going to look at certain gifts here for the foundational period. I mean, this is often a bone of contention among Christians sometimes. What gifts are still there? What gifts have disappeared? Uh, are, are they all here? Are none of them here? And all this stuff. I mean, again, this is not an exhaustive thing, but I'm going to give you some things to think about. Maybe you've thought about these things before. But the bottom line is, whatever is used, is it used for the glory of God and for the edification of the people, in the whole, everyone, without there being any um, uh, sort of hierarchy of people that it blesses? It's going to bless everyone. It's going to bring everyone to the fullness of maturity to Christ. And that's what we have to keep in mind. And then I'm going to talk about just today. You know, how do we, what, what's the instruction for today? And uh, we'll go through some of these things. <clears throat> so, as in most of our lives, we have people that influence us over our time. And I, I was a Christian at a very young age and very blessed to be among uh, Christians for most of my life and hearing lots of men speak about this topic and also reading lots of books. And again, I like to spot read. I don't want to give you the impression I'll read a, you know, the, a big, thick book you know, uh, from cover to cover. I'm not that type of person. But I just read. I spot read, right? I read a little bit here, read a little bit there. I read on the subject matter. But I'm indebted to these books here, Systematic Theology. It's in the library if you want to use it. But I just uh, give some reference to these books here, too. I have a very uh, generous uh, uh, man here in the assembly here, too, that had got me on some books. And uh, he uh, led me to some of these here. So I'm indebted to these, uh, these books. Uh, it's really good to kind of get sort of a broad sort of um, summary of what, what other men have thought about. And these men here spend their lives. Uh, I spend maybe a, a few afternoons or a few nights, a few hours to put together a message. They spend their lives researching and studying these things. And it's good to kind of take, take note of what they have to say. So I just recommend these here. As a, as, a, as a way of direction. I haven't arrived at an understanding of all these things. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God has worked with me as well, even very recently, as I mentioned, on my understanding of spiritual gifts, but I am indebted to these here. The Holy Spirit has blessed the church with specific abilities that are expressed as gifts to and through believers. So here, taking from Gruden's book, it's a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Now that's pretty broad and that's the way it is. It's, I mean, we can, have, 
We can have charts like this if we, we look at the four or five main passages of the Bible that contain gifts or do a list of some sort. I mean, Paul, I don't think, is kind of naming off each of the gifts and saying, okay, this is this, this, and this. I think in general he's looking at, well, you might have to do this, you might do that. And he's coming up with not an exhaustive list, but a list nonetheless. So if you don't find yourself in this list, you're, you're not out. You still have something that's any ability. It's any ability at all to do any ministry. Um, and I, th I think what the difference is, is, is it energized, is it provoked, is it developed by the Holy Spirit of God? I can give a really good session at work, but it doesn't mean I can, I can relate, relate to people on the pulpit, right? Uh, and vice versa. Maybe I, maybe I am to be that. Maybe, maybe God has used my work experience to develop me. Is work experience outside of his control? No, it isn't. You're who, who you are in your profession and occupation, God is working with you and developing skills and uh, natural talents and abilities. He's put you there for a reason. And those things are being molded by, by work and by pressures and everything else. But hey, guess what? Those natural talents can be used as spiritual gifts if those natural talents are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we see some here. You might see yourself here, but your gift might not be discovered yet. It can be a combination of natural ability and acquired skill. Um, but I'll say this, is that all gifts must be empowered by one in the same spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. And that's the whole thing about it. Because I can have the gift of, of words, I can have the gift of ability in a certain way, but, but it, it, you know, I think that there's the Holy Spirit of God working within your heart to bring it to be. He will show you, like I said, some things at work that you've used. Hey, you know, I can use that. He's molded you in a certain way. He gave you leadership abilities maybe at work. Well, that could be used in the church if it's energized by the Spirit of God. And that's what I read here in my little study recently of, of the gifts. So the previous list of abilities may suggest natural ability. I know, I know people who excel at administrative tasks. This may or not be a spiritual gift. Any natural gift or acquired skill that we have is from God ultimately and has been molded by our life experiences and work experiences. And as I mentioned before, if it is not empowered by the Holy Spirit, it is just a natural ability. And then um, all Christians have spiritual gifts. Some Christians, before they became Christians, possessed supreme talents in a lot of various fields. Both men and women, once they've become Christians, uh, they have to think about how the Lord wants to use these gifts in the church. There may be a discovery of something completely new, or they have a completely new motive for using their natural gifts and become motivated by the Spirit of God and exercise these natural abilities for the glory of God and the building up of others in the church. It's not to make ourselves look good. It's to make others be better in terms of their knowledge, experiential knowledge of God, and coming to a fullness of Christ. And that's really where it's at. Eh? We've we, we got to just have that there to do that and, and bring us all up to that level. We were uh, celebrating that this morning by lifting Christ up to where he was, where he is. And so uh, this next slide here talks about uh, the... The manifold grace of God. It says here, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold or the varied grace of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. The gifts that we have reflect the variety of the grace of God. Um, if you have a gift, have you been touched by the grace of God with it? Has God impressed upon you that, you know, you, you don't deserve this? 
Uh, and it's not that you become, you've, you've arrived at a certain level of spiritual maturity. No, I don't think you should be living a sinful life as a Christian and expect your gift to develop. But I'm just saying this, is that because you have a gift and you're using it, are you touched by God's grace in using it? Because it's not like, you know, the spiritual maturity level has to reach a certain point before you can actually exercise the gift. It doesn't say that in the scripture. Um, but the, the working out of your ability of our gifts should be coupled with the sense of the grace of God at work in your heart. And so it would represent the, the varied and the rich diversity that God can use. Man, God is a God of, of diversity, isn't he? Um, we're just talking about unity. He has diversity, and that's what he wants. He wants us all to come to the unity of the faith. Have you ever uh, gone under the, the ocean and looked at the, the varied nature of what God has created under the, in the ocean, in the, in the water, in the colors, and, and then you go with a telescope and you look at things out in the sky, and, and uh, man, he's, he's a God of diversity. And in his church as well, these gifts are, are mentioned in diversity. There's so many diverse abilities out there that God has equipped you with. But may it be by the grace of God that you sense it and you develop it by the grace of God. And so <clears throat> some gifts may vary in strength. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given to us in proportion to our faith. So you might have the same gift as someone else, but you might not have it as much as someone else uh, because uh, Christ has given it according to the measure of grace. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's just, that's just what it is. It may become stronger. It, you know, uh, we're going to read in a minute. It may become less. Um, but... Um, some gifts will vary in strength. Your gift may take some time for development. Um, <clears throat> so some of the passages here will make comment. First Timothy, Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he's saying to Timothy, you know, some of these gifts can, will grow with, with time and use. And, and that's what, what Paul is speaking to Timothy about. He's, he's saying, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Um, again, it goes to that sovereignty of God, isn't it? I mean, if we're going to blanket sovereignty and other things in, in, in life, we better blanket it on that whole aspect of us as Christians in that whole gift world <laughs> that we think about. Uh, it, it, don't neglect that, Timothy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, Don't be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant of them. And really, a gift can get stronger by use. A gift can, can, can get weaker by uh, lack of use. And so it can get weaker through infrequent use. Um, but as long as they're used, they can increase in strength and effectiveness. Um, and then I mentioned, too, that, you know, how long do we um, beat a gift to death before maybe, hey, okay, that's just not me, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, I was glad to know that... Uh, uh, someone else has dealt with this struggle as well. I mean, Wayne Grudem had, in his book had, had mentioned this as a, as a topic as well. Um, and then th that second verse there is just a fan into flame what, what is yours. Uh, give it an opportunity to, to work. But let's say you work with it and you struggle with it and struggle with it and struggle with it. Well, I mean, like Wayne Grudem says, the scriptures don't really have a clear answer to this. Um, so too bad to let you down. But um, instead it says, is it used in the power of the Spirit of God? I mean, what you do, is it used in the power of the Spirit of God? Or is it strictly mechanical? Now, it has to be some mechanical. God is over that as well. And God can bless that. But what I mean is, is the, is the arrival of that gift and your recognition of it, has the Spirit of God been working with you 
to, to begin it. To, and you know what? Maybe a struggle. But um, he's given you that gift nonetheless for the benefit of the church. Are you using it for the benefit of the church? You will know as, God's, as God works with you. Um, that brings me to this question, this, this second point here in our topic today. The Holy Spirit uh, has given abilities, special abilities, and it's in God's wisdom and sovereignty. Um, one of the things that the Lord did, we, we, we were focused on this a bit this morning, but one of the things that the Lord did when he first descended in the lower parts of the earth, then he ascended, uh, one of the things that was on his heart, not the fact that he had led captivity captive, but the fact that his church was left behind, and he gave gifts unto men, it says. And he gave them apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor teachers. It was on, it was on Christ's heart right at the start to not be gloried in himself with overcoming death and sin and, and ascending, but when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men, and, and he designed those. And it says here that it was a personal thing. He himself gave this, gave that, gave this, gave that. And so he does this as he wills, and it's a personal thing. Have you been in a sort of a, has it, has it been personal to you what God has given you? Has you have you sensed him working with you on it. He does as he wills in his, in his wisdom and his sovereignty. So I want to just go over some verses that would um, explain that a little bit more because this is what really helped me in my struggle. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. We have a second verse here. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And then we have the last verse here in 1 Corinthians 12. God has appointed these believers with gifts in the church. So it's by God's sovereignty and in his wisdom as he works with you. He knows what will work best with you. Because after all, it's about development of you as a person in Christ. That he wants you to work with that. And he wants you to find victory in, in Christ with that. And uh, so, so your, your, your own development in faith and, and as a Christian will be worked on as well as you express and develop that gift. But I'm, I'm thinking some of the things that, that one of the teachings that, happened, that sort of spoke to me regarding this whole topic was, was this here, this very point right here. Is that if you struggle with, with a gift, and it's not really easy sometimes, uh, but if you struggle with it, uh, just, just realize that, you know, that does God want you to have it nonetheless? Well, he may. Sovereignty of God is placed upon the believer as well. And, and in his sovereignty, he wants you to have that gift. So you, want, you go forward because why? Well, he said so. And he says that he, does, he puts you in the body just as he pleased. So we've got to respond to that sovereignty. And with his help and guidance, it, it may be worth considering that he has designed it this particular way for you. To find your victory in him. And uh, to find your, the, the grace that he's given you and the liberty uh, that he's given you in terms of expressing this gift. Um, so the, the next topic will be discovering my spiritual gift. Um, and, and that might be another thing, too, is that, you know, we can, we can come in and we can be Christians. We can come in and, 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 and pardon the, uh, maybe the abrasiveness you might sense here, but we can come in, sit down, and just leave, right, as Christians. But that's not what the Word of God says. It's, it says that each Christian will have a gift. And this is not a beat-up session here to do something else, no. But nonetheless, it's in the Scripture, you have a gift. What are you doing, dear Christian, 
to discover the gift. It may be that you don't, you don't want to really discover the gift, but it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So if we don't desire it, then let's pray that we would desire it. Let's, let's pray. I mean, um, you know, rightly so, we want to we have God speak to us about, you know, reaching this person, that person. But what about the area of spiritual gifts in your life? Have you ever just prayed, Lord, show me my gift? Some of the things that might help you out is maybe if you want, you can grab a book like this on the internet, on the right-hand side there of the slide. It's okay to do that. I mean, if there's anything else, I mean, you pray about it as first, first and, and, and God will guide you, but it's okay to talk to, to other people. Uh, it might be also helpful for you to, to maybe ask about the needs and ministries in your church. I mean, maybe there's some openings you can, you can blend into, and you can just let that go and see how, see how it is. It might not come easy, like I said, but it might be for you anyways. You might want to self-examine your interests and abilities and desires. Uh, where have you uh, experienced blessing? Has there been something that you've done that you thought nothing would come up, but all of a sudden blessing came of that? You hear, you hear by way of, of, of word after that, you know, that people were really blessed with that. Well, then maybe that's something that God wants you to do. Um, pray and ask God for wisdom. I mean, that's, it's just so, so much of a thing. And I mentioned the, the, the desire to, do, to discover your spiritual gifts. Um, just pray to God. I mean, you know, we often pray, God, use me. Well, let's pray specifically, God, use me for what specific thing? Um, <clears throat> ask other mature Christians. You know, sometimes we can't tell what we do. We can't, it's like coaching a hockey game from the, from the bench. We, we can't really see the whole picture, oftentimes up in the stands or from our couches and watching the, the game. We can coach much better, can we? can't we? Because we can see the big picture, you know? Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they do this? So, um, but, but, so someone else might see, you know, how you're gifted and how you come across. And, and so ask someone else who's mature in the faith to help you with that. Try something. Why not? Try something and just see, just see how that goes. I mean, God is big. He can, he can <laughs> you know, did that little boy ever think that the two fish would become something at all? I don't think he dreamed of it. He never dreamed of that becoming something. And so just, just put it out there. God is a tremendous God, and he wants you to just try something sometimes. Well, then here's the last point. Pray for the desire to discover, as I mentioned before. And we have this verse here that I mentioned already. Since you're so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. The Corinthian church was blessed with gift, but they needed to be organized and and they needed to be uh, clear about how they would use them. But nonetheless, uh, you know, they, were, they were, had this trait and character about them. So we see here the foundational period. There's some gifts that are used for the foundational period of the church. And there's some gifts that are maybe not used now that were part of that time. And uh, there's some gifts that are definitely used today, special abilities, like I say. Um, and we're going to go through this topic here now as well. And I, and I know that there's, there's some that maybe uh, won't see it this way, but um, um, I do think that there was some that God used to establish his, his church at the early stages, and he used some profound ways 
to basically say that, yes, this gospel is authenticated by my stamp of approval, and I'm going to show you this way. And he gave, gave, gave miracles that people did, and uh, people healed the sick, and those were normal people, the apostles that did this to confirm that, yes, what they were saying, because there was nothing else to confirm it, what they were saying were, was indeed the truth of God, and, and these things were happening as a result of God being in it. Um, so the stamp of approval. And so we see here purposes of gifts, foundational gifts versus today. Mark 16 uh, gives us this verse here. Um, and these signs will follow those who believe. So if you go to the end of Mark in this period of time, um, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will uh, take up serpents, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So. If someone comes to know the Lord today, well, they don't have all these things, right? These abilities. Um, some would argue maybe some would, but um, I, I don't think you see this uh, commonly today. And there's, I think there's a reason for that is because some of these gifts were sign gifts, as in Mark 16, 17. So special abilities given as a sign that they were true believers in Christ. So if someone did uh, genuinely receive Christ as Savior and, and believe and trust in his death and burial and resurrection... Uh, these sign gifts were displayed as a genuine heart, uh, acknowledged that, that a genuine heart acknowledged God and was repented of sin and trusted Christ fully. We don't tend to see these things today when someone believes in the Lord. Instead, this, the amazing peace and forgiveness of God and the amazing application of his righteous perfection applied to the believer is enough of a sign. And we can read those things in the word of God as applied to those who come to Christ. Gifts that were confirming God's truth. Um, here's another section in Hebrews 2, 3, 4. When, when the salvation was first spoken by the Lord. So here it is. The origination come by the Lord was confirmed. Let me see if I can get this right here. Was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness. So there's God adding his stamp of approval, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he was adding his stamp of approval again as a sign gift. We have the Bible written for us as God's truth today, and we are to trust his word for a relationship with him and know that forgiveness and peace is ours through that. The early Christians were built on the foundations of the apostles as well. Uh, the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So the early Christians uh, had the work of the apostles, and the apostles had these signs to confirm the work in the early foundation of the church as it was in its origination. We see this here. Um, as the church expanded, we see the birth of the church in Acts 2-4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. And so how else would you confirm a, a thing that God had rightly done? Uh, well, you would give them a language maybe to speak that they wouldn't know about it all. And, uh, <clears throat> and so this was a confirmatory sign even at the birth of the, the church. And then beyond that time, from Jerusalem outward, the beginning of Acts talks about them being blessed in Jerusalem, uh, in Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see this as, as Acts unfolds. Every time they came into a new region, well, well in order to confirm that, that God was indeed working with the new region or people, he confirmed it with a sign gift. And oftentimes it was the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and oftentimes it led to 
uh, tongues being uh, spoken. And so we see this here in Samaria, Acts chapter 8, verse 6. And the multitudes heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. <clears throat> and also in Caesarea, Acts chapter 10, with Cornelius being a Gentile, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues. And so that was confirmation that God, yes, God was giving us a stamp of approval on the Gentiles being accepted as a people uh, <clears throat> as well as the Jews. Some gifts are temporary and no longer have a, have a use. Um, we think here of uh, or 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says here that love never fails. And, and uh, we keep hearing this love, 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 and being, you know, let's bind us together, Lord. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Love never fails. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So, so where do we put this in the grand context of things? I think we put it, put it here in this sort of fading away of some of these gifts that were used to build up the church initially. And with regarding tongues, I, I would also say with any of these gifts, they were given sort of direction on how to use them. It wasn't just holus bolus where, where basically you just everything was let loose in these times either. Uh, Paul said regarding the use of tongues, he says, I, th I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So he was one to use tongues a lot. But in a church meeting, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable, understandable words to help others than 10,000 words to help others um, in an unknown, than the 10,000 words in an unknown language. So sorry, I kind of goofed that up. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words to help others in an, unknown, in an unknown language. And so basically the five words would take him about five seconds to say, and then I looked up what 10,000 words would take. How long would that take to say? Well, it's 66.67 minutes of speaking time. <laughs> Amazing the things you find on the internet. So um, anyways, some people have a lot of time on their hands, but, uh, <clears throat> but 10,000 words, I mean, that would take me an hour. You want to be here an hour? Probably not. But if I spoke in tongues, um, you might be here an hour. But uh, would you rather just be here for five seconds and understand the words that I'm actually saying? So there's great sort of guidance given to these, these tongues uh, that were used in that, in that fashion. And God was one to do things decently and in order. And now <clears throat> we have these verses, this second verse rather here too, uh, another indication that some of these things were fading away, the gifts of healing. Remember Paul spoke to Timothy and he had this ailment that kind of dealt with his stomach, I guess, uh, his frequent infirmities. You would rather use wine than, than it was a little more pure, a little more uh, sort of maybe taking out some of the infirmities in the, in the water. Uh, so that would be a little better for him. And he was thinking about his health and, well, if he was an apostle, Paul, why didn't he just heal him? Well, he couldn't. This is much later time in the epistles as well. And that's maybe some indication as well that some of these gifts were fading away. Now, that doesn't mean that, that God will, will not do a miracle anymore. We should pray for someone's full restoration of health. Uh, and again, God will often still do miracles today as he does. He's not contained. He's not con confined. And so <clears throat> we deal with the, the ones today. Uh, what about spiritual gifts today for us? This is a few paragraphs here, uh, basically taken from Ephesians 4. Our brother read that this morning. Spiritual gifts are given to all members of the church and are to be used as tools to equip believers 
to serve and to build one another up in the body of Christ so that we, we may all grow into full maturity in Christ. And this is done by every believer doing his or her share. And then the second paragraph here, just thought I would, would add this into, they are not necessarily a mark of mature, maturity. God has given you a gift by his will and sovereignty, whether you feel obliged or not to use it. You are highly encouraged to use it to help others. May you experience the working of God in the discovery and development and use of your gift, and that you would use it out of a motive of love and care for others in the church. The spiritual gifts are, not meant, to, are meant, to, rather, to unify and not to segregate. They have a common goal to magnify Christ in us, to promote growth in understanding and experience of God. I was, uh, I was encouraged just yesterday by reading, reading the Daily Bread. It was called, called to grow, called to grow. We talk about being called to salvation. Well, we're called to grow as well. The calling to grow is as vital for the 70-year-old as, as it is for the teenager. What service opportunity is God leading you to try? And it ended with this, study, serve, take risks, grow, capital G-R-O-W. So may we as elders and as a church create a venue by which we can provide opportunity to discover your gifts and develop them. Speak to us or another mature believer about this subject matter. It may be that you're already using them and you don't realize it. Well, continue to use them for God's glory. So some of the take-home points that, that I, we're going to finish early today, but that's okay. Um, some of the take-home points that were really impressed upon me was this here. Something that helped me out a lot was to recognize God's sovereignty and spiritual gifting. Uh, you know, he has his will, will in your life to, to do this or that. And it doesn't mean that you are given something that you really struggle with and it's against the flow. No, but, but it may be some little bit of difficulty using it, but that's part of his plan. He wants you to use it. His sovereignty is there. Yield to it. Second point, God's rich variety in spiritual gifts. Man, just as we all differ in terms of the recipes we're going to make for lunch... You know, think about how many recipes are out there. You, like, you Google something these days for, you know, I want to make pasta and chicken salad. Well, you're probably going to find a whole bunch of things out there. A variety is reflected in God's nature as well. And so there's something that we can do for him. Don't get caught up in a list maybe that's mentioned just a guidance, but the diversity of God for us to express what we have for his glory. And then also as well, God's participation in spiritual gifting. Do you have trouble with sort of combining the natural talents with the acquired skill sets you have? Is it a spiritual gift? God's participation in your life as a Christian will, will, will help you to discover these things for his glory. Does it have a spiritual layer to it? Is it enabled and blessed by the Spirit of God? And if so, then take that natural talent, take that acquired skill, and use it for his glory because it can become a spiritual gift as you express it in the local church. And so I hope that some of these things here will help us to, do, to discover these things in our own lives and to use helps and to pray to God to, to allow us to do our part and our share in the local church. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this uh, other uh, statement of faith that we've been through today, Lord. We just pray that your Holy Spirit might just work among us to, to guide us 
And uh, to, to discover, to seek, first of all, <clears throat> to desire, to, to seek and to develop and to grow that gift that we have, that we might be thinking of others and just, and just bringing us to the unity of faith like was read before, to the full maturity of Christ. And, and, and Lord, we know that there's many things that are against us, but uh, you are for us. And uh, you want to you wanna make solid our foundation in Christ, and that's what we're all here to do. So that we might go out and express the foundation that we have in you and in Christ to others, and that we might lead them to Christ. So, Father in heaven, we just pray that you would bless the congregation here today and help us uh, to, to take on this work seriously and to, to uh, if, if it's not part of us just yet, Lord, we just pray that we would just make that prayer and uh, no matter what the past has been for us, um, we just pray that you would help us to, to discover these things. And it may be a true spirit work, and uh, we might see and expect to see growth and blessing from it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.